on to the City of Ansonia's public hearing. Uh, this meeting will also incorporate a Board of Aldermen meeting and a Board of Taxation meeting. We're going to begin with a presentation, then move into the public hearing, where we'll take comment from anyone who's on the line via Zoom or telephone, and then we'll go into the Board of Aldermen and vote meetings. Um, we're going to begin things with a presentation and everyone should be able to see the screen and the PowerPoint presentation in front of you. So we're here to talk about a bonding proposal for 2020 and materials have been published online, but of course this is the first time that we've uh, talked in detail about what the proposal represents and um, we're eager to put it out there, not only to our officials, but of course the public, and then start to hear your comments tonight. So of course there are four items, um, 3.1 million for uh, the new police station project at 65 Main Street. Second item is 1.5 million for road and infrastructure improvements. The third is 300,000 for firefighter improvements and 100,000 for a recreational fields and facilities study. And of course, a big topic is why have this discussion now? Um, we are of course in the middle of the COVID-19 health crisis. Um, it's a little awkward to make a presentation like this, of course, but we feel strongly that the delays created by this crisis have already cost us time in considering and discussing a proposal that really the city wanted to roll out in March uh, and April. And we're worried that if we don't start the process now, um, this crisis could push us later and later and limit our options. After consultation with our bond council, Joseph Fazi, um, we've decided that really at least the public hearing portion of this needs to go forward so we could start this discussion with the public and city officials and um, we could avoid any delay of, um, again, any options that we want to pursue regarding the borrowing. And the big point is that we're very concerned that if we don't start the process, the delays may cause a significant financial loss to the city, or at the very least jeopardize an opportunity that we have in front of us. Also, interest, rate, interest rates right now make borrowing attractive, as you'll hear a little bit later from our financial experts. The city's low debt profile makes additional borrowing attractive. And we've tried very hard working with finance and our advisors and bond council to structure a proposal that would add no additional budget impact to the taxpayers. You're going to hear about the possibility of premiums and also amortization of our existing debt that's rolling off to put us in a position where we don't have to increase costs in the budget. So if you're worried about a mill rate impact, our goal is to avoid that now and avoid that going forward. And of course, also avoid an impact, a negative impact to our credit rating. Now we'll dive right into these additional, uh, uh, these additional borrowing requests, starting with the largest one, which is 3.1 million for the new police station project under construction on Main Street. And of course, that's 65 Main Street. By way of background, this project initially began uh, when the voters uh, approved $12 million in funding to be borrowed with plans to create a police station project in Olson Drive. What we essentially, what we can um, consider to be the core project. The project subsequently changed to 65 Main Street, an existing building that was the headquarters of the Farrell Corporation. 
that was purchased through eminent domain for a fair market value of $1.8 million. And of course, it included more than just the space necessary to construct a police station. It constructed additional space, an entire floor for additional governmental use and a vital public parking lot that right now is being utilized. Um, and uh, of course, there's no underestimating the value of those resources located very strategically downtown. The initial hope was to include everything within that core project cost of 12 million going into the renovation of this existing building. But as uh, the city and the building committee progressed, it found of course those expected additional costs to be challenging to reduce. For example, the cost of obtaining the, that 1.8 purchase price and rehabbing a much, much larger space, 22,000 square feet versus 65,000 square feet. The 22,000 was the initial expected size of the police station at Olson Drive. With that extra space and outfitting it for additional use, for example, community center, additional regional use, we needed access. And at the end of the day, there was no way around putting in an extra elevator that would provide exclusive access to the public floor versus the, the police floor. About a million dollars for the tower and, and that extra elevator. Additionally, there's included in what we're looking for here is the purchases, purchase of police equipment, updated police equipment that wasn't contemplated in that initial 12 million that represents at least 400,000 of this request. So were these, there was initial, uh, additional costs that were anticipated, but at the same time in working with the police building committee and the mayor's office, the recommendation from all experts was not to compromise the core project. We considered cutting design elements. It, uh, there was a consideration of a phase in for the police station project to fit it in. But uh, our experts, as you'll hear from later on, advised against pursuing those, um, those goals that doing so would likely create extra delay and extra expense and also a compromise to really the, uh, the, core, the core mission of creating a premier police station for the city where it's needed most. And so at the, at the end of the day, you're looking at a sum or projecting a sum of $3.1 million more to be able not only to complete the police station, but to outfit the building for future governmental use, community use, um, to be able to provide access to the building and to be able to go forward in the manner that we believe is the most beneficial to the city of Ansoni and the taxpayers. Um, it's our belief that that price represents a great value for what we're getting, which is far more than a police station. And of course, it could be done in a responsible way. Otherwise, it wouldn't be put forward in this forum. Um, I, we're going to hear a little bit more from the police building committee, but I also want our economic development director that sits on that committee and its monthly meetings um, to also talk a little bit to this part of the pro uh, bonding initiative. Sheila? Thank you, John, and thank you everybody for uh, joining us on this uh, Zoom meeting. Um, I just want to say that when you, and you'll hear from our architects, but when you take a 65,000 square foot building and you put a roof on top of it and you, and you outfit it with new windows and all the electrical, that's, that's quite a different story than outfitting a 22,000 square foot building. So this, this building, if you can imagine, if some of you have been in it and others have not, you can see from the outside, but it's an enormous building. And um, 
some things needed to be done in order to put the police station in that building. Some things needed to be done to the entire building um, to outfit it and ready, uh, ready it for the police department. So that's what we're talking about, including talking about um, renovations for the second floor. And hopefully um, you'll get uh, additional information as we go, go along in the presentation. Now, I'm also going to uh, refer to the architect, Sikunsky Humes. That firm has been advising the building committee as they've gone along, and they're by far a specialist and expert firm in designing public uh, facilities, especially police stations, um, doing a number of these just in the last 10 years alone. But I'm going to continue our presentation by unmuting our chief of police, Andrew Coda. Can you hear us, chief? Yes, I can hear you. Yes. And I'm also going to unmute at this time, Paul Heon, who is the chair of the building committee. And Paul, you, okay, Paul, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, so I'll let uh, Chief and Paul, um, I'll leave it to you to, to advise a little more on what we're looking for here, why, and how this evolved um, during the meetings, uh, the monthly meetings of the Police Building uh, Commission. Okay, um, Paul, would you like to go first? I'll, I'll start with you to let you give kind of some history because you've been involved in the project from the, the very beginning before I, I uh, joined the committee after Chief Hale retired. Would that work best for you? Okay. Paul muted himself. I'm sure he was, Hold on. he was having some audio problems. Hey, Paul, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, you can kick things off. Okay. Uh, our, our committee actually formed uh, in 2018, and our primary goal was to uh, get the police department uh building operational up and running right from the get-go. Uh, during the referendum process, uh, I know there were several open houses at the existing police department. Uh, and uh, anyone who did attend that, uh, those open houses saw the conditions at the current police department and saw a drastic need uh, for a new facility for our police officers. Uh, <clears throat> And, and then the referendum came around and uh, that was overwhelmingly approved. And we said our mission was to uh, get into a new police station for the officers. Uh, and thus we went out to bid and uh, uh, we did come back with Bantam who is uh, a, a reliable contractor. We did our research uh, on those and, and Bantam was also recommended by uh, I, by our architects, highly recommended by the architects. Uh, it was the bids uh, all came in somewhat higher than we anticipated uh, originally. Um, so we, we have done a lot to try and reduce spending on this new police project. Uh, the committee has worked long and hard hours to uh, attempt to save the taxpayers money uh, on the project. 
The actual police facility itself, I believe at this point is gonna come uh, within the 12 million budget. Uh, and, and what I mean by that is there's a difference between hard costs and soft costs uh, on a project. The hard costs are the actual building facility, site renovation, things of that nature. Uh, we, uh, I, I believe we're certainly gonna uh, fall within that $12 million for that to have uh, our facility. Uh, now, as far as soft costs, those are things that, that have to be taken care of. Those are communications, those are um, uh, inspections, those are uh, printing fees, uh, uh, telephone data systems, and so on and so forth. And I'm sure the architects will explain those things to you. But we have tried to hold the line item at 12 millions for the actual police building itself. And uh, we, uh, I think as of this date, we haven't even approached uh, probably 5% of our contingency funds for the building. So we're doing quite well. And uh, we are constantly trying to oversee the project um, to make certain that it comes within budget. Uh, I think that's about uh, less specific questions later on, but Chief, go ahead uh, if you wanna pick up from here. I think Sheila also wanted to add something, Paul, briefly. Yeah, I do. I do also wanna add that um, we did have to deal with brownfields. Uh, it, it is a brownfield building. It's, uh, it did have contamination. It does have some contamination, uh, especially in the parking lot where the tower is. And those are added costs, um, which you don't have with a new building that you will see in some of these older manufacturing buildings or older office buildings. That's okay. Chief? Thank you. Okay, thank you. Uh, so I'm going along with uh, what Paul uh, Paul Heon had said. So we were tasked to um, complete this project. If anybody's aware, there's a there's a top floor, there's a, a second floor, and two parking garages. The main focus of this project has been the the operational floor, where the police department will operate out of for 95% of its um, capacities as, as we move through uh, this project. So our task was to make sure that that floor was operational and within the budget that we were given when the uh, alderman last year approved the uh, funding for the police department. We've continued to do that as part of the building committee, uh, along with Paul Heon and, and some others. We have um, worked tireless, tirelessly to make sure that we were within, within the budget there. We've continued to do that. There are no extras. There's nothing that we've added to this project that wasn't proposed in the very beginning um, from the original um, diagrams, discussions, and proposals um, from the original uh, building committee meeting. So we've done that. Uh, some of these costs that, that Paul Heon was talking about um, were furniture costs, our radio costs, and um, other technology uh, aspects. So what happens is the main focus of, of any police department or emergency facility is communications. We did do an upgrade from the 2016 referendum at the current police department in anticipation of um, existing items that were, were falling out of disrepair or out of warranty could no longer be serviced properly. So there was an upgrade back um, in 2017 that the current police department at Two Elm did. Once we did that, 
those items would always be transferable over to any new facility that we were going to build, that we had any intentions if we got the approval. That's come to fruition. We've been approved by the citizens in the city to uh, build this facility at 65 Main Street. The next phase would be the actual transfer of the equipment that we have on scene uh, at 2 Elm Street over to the new building. That includes some of the upgraded equipment. But as we moved along, we found out that some of our repeaters and antennas and other uh, behind the scenes uh, radio equipment was uh, nearly defunct. It was 15 to 20 years old, out of warranty, unable to be fixed. So we have uh, worked with our current vendors and state contractors to make sure that we get the, uh, the best pricing available to transfer our communications over. Without that, we would not have had the, uh, the opportunity to even move into this building because our communications would not work. So that is a, uh, an estimate, a cost that was not initially proposed in um, the budget. It was part of the early referendum that was not funded um, because at the time we had not purchased the police department, so it was not funded. So that is part of what you're being asked to uh, consider tonight. Another portion was the dispatcher council systems where the dispatchers physically sit um, as you replace aging radio and dispatch equipment. Um, those desks and chairs and, and setups do not work any longer for the uh, new equipment that'll be coming in. So we've gotten state contract proposals for those items and we are awaiting um, finalized quotes from, from all of the companies to, to go ahead and purchase these. So I will speak from the viewpoint of the police building committee. Based on the uh, money that was approved by the Board of Aldermen last year for this project, we are continuing to work on our budget and stay well within that budget. Um, as far as purchase prices and costs of the building, I, I will not speak to that. I'll leave that to other people within the city, but this project is moving along. There are no extras. We, we've only put in what is, what is required when we've made every adjustment or, or a concession that we could to keep our, uh, our cost as low as possible so that we don't overrun this budget. Thank you. Hey, John, could I also? I'll mention something. Uh, the, the committee members, a little background. Uh, the committee itself is, is uh, made of some good qualified people uh, to make decisions regarding the, the new uh, police building. We have uh, law enforcement uh, personnel. We also have a retired police chief who went through the, the, uh, the police department building process in his own department. We have two members who uh, a family or themselves are in the construction business. We have uh, the mayor staff, including Sheila, and, uh, and, and uh, as a consultant, John Marini. We, we've also included members of the uh, uh, automatic board, we have the superintendent of public works and the chief of police. So as you can see, it is uh, a good uh, board with a lot of experience. And, uh, and if I could also add on to what Sheila was talking about, the, the building itself was quite large, certainly uh, probably three times uh, what the original plans of the building called for. 
And our goal here is to make the police building one of the safest and most secure buildings in the city, as it well should be. Uh, what, we're, what we are uh, for planning ahead and for phasing in, uh, what I like to call, we're, we were also looking at some shared resources uh, to possibly inc include a, a regional dispatch center. Uh, uh, we were also looking at uh, a regional training uh, room or facility, which could be utilized by fire department, EMS, or certainly uh, people of the public safety community to use. Uh, also, we're looking at a lot of the um, uh, people involved in education of police officers are certainly would look at want to uh, using our facility, which would open it up for our officers to attend uh, uh, different training that would only enhance the professionalism of our department. We've also talked about a regional firing range. Uh, <clears throat> we started, uh, the chief and Chief Hale prior have started talking to other municipalities and which we've seen a lot of interest in the possibility of, of these shared resources. So <clears throat> we're looking at a lot of different things here uh, than what was originally proposed. and. Um, and we're gonna to continue to keep on top of it and, and certainly for the benefit of our police officers and for the residents of Ansonia. Thanks. Thanks, Paul, appreciate that. Chief, anything further to add? I will say that um, we also looked at that floor for the senior center. I'm not sure. And, uh, and um, we have- I'm also gonna bring in Jakunski Sheila, and um, <laughs> just looking on the list for- I, I was just saying that we, um, John, that we also contemplated putting the senior center on the second floor as well. Um, and uh, wasn't going to be uh, enough money for what we had allocated for the seniors um, to put them on that floor. And it just didn't work, work out. Just looking for Mr. Humes here. Should be there. I was just unmuted. Hey, Brian. Oh, are you there, I'm Brian? Here. Oh, great, perfect. Okay, so we wanted to bring you on to talk a little more about the technical side of things. As I was saying, uh, Jakunski Humes is a firm with an amazing amount of experience designing these facilities. You know, um, you know what they should cost and what value to, uh, to expect out of them. I want you to share a little bit of what went on uh, since the project was conceived uh, and you started working with really Chief Hale in the beginning and then to Chief Coda and of course the same building commission the entire time. Yes. Well, thank you. It's, a, it's my pleasure to be with you tonight and try to explain. Uh, as a matter of introduction, I'm Brian Humes, representing Jakunski Humes Architects. And we've been working with the city of Ansonia since 2016 on this project with Chief Hale, starting out with Chief Hale. And in 2016, the first thing that we were tasked to do was to determine what the needs of the police department are. 
it's a task that's typically your first stage in first steps in determining a new police facility. And when we were looking at Ansonia, we were concluding that the needs of the department for the next 20 years would be a facility of a, around 26, uh, 24 to 26,000 square feet. As a point of reference, I've been planning police facilities for the last 30 plus years. I've designed and constructed over 90 police facilities throughout New England. So Ansonia, when we, when we started in, in Ansonia, we were really taken aback by the conditions of the existing police facility, where they were currently working versus what the needs of the uh, city were and the needs of the department were were really varied and, and really not in comparison to their existing facility anywhere near the existing square footage that they were working out of. So with that, we were also tasked at looking at some sites over on Maple Street and you you mentioned Olson Drive. And the thought then was to build new. The referendum was undertaken at the time when Olson Drive was still under consideration. So if we were to look at the facility and the budget that we were proposing for Olson Drive, we were in the range of about $450 to $550 per square foot. Now that was 2016, 2017 dollars. The sites were not uh, working uh, for, for a number of reasons. Some of it was availability of the site from the housing authority. Some of it was sites were too small. Environmental issues were looked at and, and those issues were, were, were brought to bear. And then the city came to us and proposed this facility at 65 Main Street. And when I looked at it, there were just so many positives about this site. Uh, one of the positives is how can you get a downtown presence for your police department? And being on Main Street, you have an opportunity in Ansonia to provide a downtown presence for your police department. But in order to do that, you needed a, a property and a facility that would accommodate the police department and accommodate all of the vehicles associated with the police department without giving up downtown parking. The facility that we were looking at at 65 Main Street gave us two floors of parking deck where we could get staff and fleet vehicles and, and not make uh, downtown parking uh, a reduced number. We also had two floors of about 24,000 square feet per floor that could be renovated for the needs of the police department. So we knew going in, we had more square footage than we anticipated. We had parking that was not impeding the downtown area, but we also had a downtown presence for your police department. What that does is it's not just a police facility project anymore. This becomes a downtown urban renewal project that will have more ramifications for downtown than just this building. So I think there's a lot of positives when we look at the building. But now we had to consider, could we renovate this building and get the police department functioning in this building for $12 million? Well, the 450 to 550 square foot price tag that we were looking for new construction 
is now coming in at about $240 a square foot for what we're doing at 65 Main Street. So value dollars to dollars, you're getting a tremendous value at averaging about $240 a square foot, where new construction right now is over $600 a square foot for new construction in this region for municipal police facilities. We put this project out to bid, and while we can anticipate pricing, the bids actually give us market value. And we received nine bids. They were all uh, pretty tight in their numbers, but they ranged from a low bid of 11,599 to a high bid of 13,767. So you can see the spread. Most of the bids that we received were in the 12.6 to $12.9 million range. Banton Construction is under contract and their original contract amount was $11,599,000. So we, we saw that we could complete the project as designed. And we also looked at what we, we had looked at what we needed to do to make this building functional. If we're renovating that existing building, it, we have to bring the entire building up to current building and fire codes. So with that building, we have over 60,000 square feet total size. We can't just say we only wanna bring this section up to the current building codes. We have to bring the entire building up to current building and fire codes. So money has gone into that. If we're looking at window replacements, the windows that were in there were, were old, were inefficient. Uh, we can't just say we're gonna just do some of the windows and then leave the others for later because that would just create more expense for the city of Ansonia. The most cost-effective and most efficient way of renovating this building is to renovate the entire building, some to a level for occupancy, but others to the level of code compliance. So the uppermost floor where the police department will be occupying will be built out state-of-the-art to satisfy the needs of the city of Ansonia Police Department. The floor below will be built out for code compliance, fire code compliance, future expansion needs, future regionalization potential, but it gives the city that asset to work from in the future within the 11,599 price tag that was bid from Banton. We also have a new stair tower because looking at the facility, the facility really did not have an identifiable entrance. And the entrance that it did have was over on East Main Street, not Main Street. The parking lot that's there and to be utilized by the public didn't have access up an accessible way of getting to the facility and in the facility because the lower two floors were parking decks. So we have put vertical circulation, a new public identifiable entrance on the main street elevation. So we now have, again, talking about this overall police presence in your downtown region. But that vertical circulation includes stairs, elevators, and uh, an enclosure that added a million dollars to the project, but it's vital. It gets public into the building. It gets public to the occupied floors of the building and it gets the needed circulation for code compliance 
in and out of the building. So that was something that we've done, but that's also within the 11,599 price tag from Banton. Just to bring you up to current day, the contractor is performing quite well. Uh, there's been very little unexpected expenses. We are 24% through the construction project right now. And at 24% complete, our change order total is under $40,000. So I think everything has been managed. The contractor has been very responsive. We've enjoyed our relationship with the city and with the building department, building committee. Building officials and town officials have all been assisting in anything that we've asked to do to get this project done within the $12 million. And I am very confident that the facility will get constructed within the $12 million appropriation. And that's what Chairman Heon indicated. I am also confident that that will happen. Now that's the hard costs. In addition to hard costs, the project has two other buckets of money that it still has to fund. One of them is soft costs and the other is a project contingency. We are only 24% of the way through the project. There will be other unforeseen items that come up. So a contingency fund is always prudent to handle any unforeseen expenses. The other bucket that I talked about was soft costs and Chairman Heon indicated on some of those soft costs the chief indicated some soft costs for communications consoles. These were never included in the original allocation for the referendum. These were these are items that the, the city needs to fund, including furniture, including moving. So we need to get the police department from their current facility moved over to the new facility when it's completed and also provide some furniture for the spaces that are going to be occupied. So that's soft costs. And, and I think that explains the three buckets, but the hard cost total will be within the $12 million that you had originally allocated for a project that had very little similarity other than it's going to occupy the police department, but it's gone from a new construction concept to an addition renovation concept. Thank you very much, Brian. Thanks for I'm being for with questions. us. I'm here for questions if you need it. So, and that may be the case as we move on to the Board of Aldermen section um, a little later tonight. So that about wraps up our initial explanation of the police station portion. Obviously a big part of, the, of everything here is affordability and how this affects the finances. And we'll get to that once we finish talking about all the projects. Uh, for right now, I'm gonna move on to the road improvements and infrastructure. And Sheila, can you hear me? Yes, yep, I can hear you. Okay. And just let me know if you'd like me to unmute anyone else during the conversation, but you could take it from here. So I just wanna point out that um, every year we get uh, town aid road and we also get low SIP money for uh, the paving of roads and infrastructure having to do with the roads. Um, this year, the state um, is pretty late with getting, getting that funding out. And also we get about $200,000, two, between two and $300,000 
Um, and Rich, I know you're on the call, so you might be able to, um, you may be able to give me a more, or give us a more accurate number. Um, having said that, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't get you a lot uh, in terms of road improvements, in terms of infrastructure improvements. Um, so we, the thought process is um, to allow for some road work to be done for some uh, infrastructure pipes, uh, water pollution control, uh, some of that stuff that needs to be done, sidewalks, the mayor, um, mayor is always looking to improve the infrastructure. And since that hasn't been done uh, in, in past years, um, he's had a very aggressive campaign of improving roads throughout the city, and he wants to continue that um, that program. And he want he wants to be able to um, make sure he's covering enough roads and infrastructure for all of our residents. So that's uh, part of the genesis for the 1.5 million in infrastructure and road improvements. Sorry, I see you're moving on. You're moving me on. Uh, do you have okay. a little more to say about the nope. that item? Uh, no, I, I, I think that's it. I mean, a um, million dollars will would probably pave about 20 streets, just to give you an example, if, there, if they were one-mile streets. So um, you, don't, you don't get a lot, but um, we, think, we think that will uh, be sufficient for this year coming up. Okay, so for the next uh, segment for the firefighter improvements, I'm also going to unmute Alderman Joseph Yalman, who also is on the fire commission. Thanks, John. I Alderman know. Yalman, uh, yes. Great. Thank you, and um, and and Dr. Schuer as well, uh, if you don't mind, because he's also on the commission. But uh, yep, he's so unmuted. He's Thank you. These are the uh, discussions. Uh, I mean, this 300,000 number came from um, a lot of, there were points taken from Chief Tremblay's capital plan um, and discussions with the fire commission overall and the chiefs. Um, and some of these numbers go to, it's about 175,000 for building maintenance, which includes uh, the floors um, at uh, four of the five houses, um, as that's been mentioned many, many times at the fire commission. Um, there's about $75,000 allocated for communications and technology and equipment. Um, and then there's the, the remainder um, for vehicles, maintenance, uh, and possible upgrades. So that kind of explains the $300,000. Um, we're working off the capital plan from Chief Tremblay um, and working with the current chief, um, just trying to take those numbers and, and move it forward. So we included that. Sheila or uh, President Short? I was just going to add, so John, uh, I'm the chair of the fire commission and Joe is the vice chair and we're members of, of that fire commission, which is comprised of the chief and all the assistant chiefs. So we are working with them actively to modernize that existing uh, five-year capital plan and try to meet the needs and, and the items that continually come up in, in the monthly fire commission meetings we're trying to address uh, with this request. That's about it. Great. Great. Thank you. All right, so moving on to the final part, the recreational study, which is something I know we've talked about for some time. This is making its first appearance. Sheila. Hi, uh, thank you. So, um, 
$100,000 for the um, recreational study evolved because we heard from various groups, softball, soccer, uh, football, basketball. Um, we heard that there's a need for additional fields, that there's a need to fix fields that we aren't utilizing. Um, there's a, there's a um, demand for soccer fields, for example, um, and, less, and less of a demand for other areas. So we're trying to, I don't believe the city has ever done a recreational study. And I think, you know, when you talk about a study, you're, ta you're talking about getting a good sense of what, what we have in the city um, and what, how, many, how many participants we have for each sport, who's utilizing what fields, what are the um, repairs and renovations that need to be made um, instead of just, you know, fixing a field if someone, if someone says, oh, there's a problem here or fixing it randomly, at least have a plan and outline a needs assessment that will t determine how, how many people are utilizing a field, how many softball fields do we need, how many soccer fields do we need, Give us a good sense of all of that. And of course, a study always, even though people don't like to hear it, a study always helps us secure grant funds um, because I have something backing me up, not just saying, oh, I guess we need, you know, $500,000 to fix a few fields. Now I've, now I've got a real true needs assessment. Here's what we need. Here's how much we think it'll cost. Um, it's a it's a guideline. It's a good um, playbook to have, no pun intended. Um, so that's that's what that it came, it came out of a lot of discussions with the board of aldermen about recreational fields and can we get grants and so forth. And and yes, there are some random grants out there that will provide some funding. Um, but without state discretionary funding for a large uh, recreation project, um, there aren't very many competitive grants out there. And certainly there's not a lot of money out there without uh, something to back up your request. So that is where that came from. Um, I don't, and I can answer questions as we go along or at the end when I'm sure people have plenty of questions. A lot of times, um, many of the grants that we secure have um, require engineering reports, require um, you know professional uh, studies and reports that that can back up again, back up the numbers that you're talking about. So you say you need five hundred thousand or whatever the number is. What? Why? Why are you saying that? What's the What's the justification for that? And that's that's what that uh, is trying to address. Okay, great. All right, thank you, Sheila. So we're going to move on to impact on finances. We talked a bit about the need for the projects, um, in particular the police station taking up the majority here, 3.1. Again, um, we feel very strongly that it's more than a police station. Uh, it's a major um, investment in the downtown area. And given the value, um, given what you're getting, uh, it's a fair amount. 
Um, and Sheila's also talked about, and, and so has Alderman Yauman and President Schuer, talked about additional uh, investments into our community and into our infrastructure. But of course, the most important consideration here is whether or not we could afford it. And it's the city's position that given our current debt position and given the current interest rate, that borrowing is possible and that it's possible to be neutral in terms of budgetary impact. And we want to bring our experts into the conversation. Barry Benabi, who's our, the city's financial advisor, who I'm going to unmute now. I'm just looking for our bond counsel, Joseph Fazi. Just trying to see what number he's under. Apologize. Um, I can send it to you, John. Just give me the last four digits. I could get him unmuted. Nine eight five uh, nine. What's that? Nine eight five nine. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> no such number. Okay. Stand by. That's a cell, so hold on. Would you like me to sing a song while we're waiting? Oh, wonderful. I'm, I, that's putting a lot of pressure on me to find this that's number cool. very quickly. Uh, Barry, can you hear us? Uh, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Sure. Um, while we get Fozzie on the line, I, uh, we could start with your perspective. And of course, you're the city's financial advisor. Um, we've been working with you for some time. Uh, make, by way of introduction uh, to our group here tonight, um, would you like to share some perspective about where the city stands in terms of finances and its ability to borrow specifically um, to proceed with this borrowing initiative? Sure. Well, um, the city has a, a rating of a double A minus, so it's in the double A category, which is a, a strong rating, um, which is a positive. And, and the city would be able to take advantage of one of the few positives in the current environment, which is a very low uh, borrowing costs. Uh, interest rates are, are historically low levels. So uh, that in conjunction with um, the city's existing debt service, which is amortizing relatively aggressively. In fact, if the city were to never borrow again, your debt service would drop off each year. So any new debt would be mitigated by the, uh, by the runoff in the, in the existing debt. So you basically have uh, a couple things. You have aggressive amortization of your existing debt. You have a strong bond rating, the double A minus from Standard & Poor's, and we're in an environment of uh, historically low interest rates. So those three factors together uh, would allow for uh, future borrowing of um, uh, uh, on a moderate basis. And I, I did uh, send a spreadsheet to, to uh, you, John and Sheila. I'm not sure if that's something you, you passed on to everybody else. We can make that available to the board. Uh, I'm not sure. Did you want me to get into details of that, John, or just kind of keep sure. it in a? Sure. So um, it's my understanding there's uh, approximately $8 million left of the original authorization. 
that the city's looking to issue in the in the near term, um, and then with the uh, potential for an additional $5 million of, of new capital projects. Um, we prepared a debt analysis that takes into consideration the city's existing debt, plus the already authorized but not yet issued $8 million, plus a proposed new authorization of $5 million. And we add all those together with the current interest rates and the city's existing runoff and debt service. and and. You know, basically what it shows is that um, there's, there'd only be two years where debt service would increase. We'd increase uh, in fiscal 23 by about $370,000, and then in fiscal 24 by about $127,000, based on the assumptions that we used in the analysis. And then each year after that, debt service would decrease. So there, there, there's two years there where debt service would increase, but one factor that our analysis did not include is but it's a bit tricky when, when a municipality issues municipal bonds. What they typically get what's called a bond premium. That means they get more money than they originally borrowed because that's the way the underwriters uh, bid it. And I think last time the city issued bonds, the premium they received was about $300,000. And that premium can and should be used to mitigate future debt service. So if, if that trend continues for future bond issues, I think there's a good chance that that those two years where debt service increases could be mostly completely mitigated by those proposed bond premiums. And I have uh, Attorney Fozzi also on the line. I'm going to bring him into the conversation. And we've worked with Attorney Fozzi uh, along with him for our past uh, bond issuances. Attorney Fozzi, can you hear us? I sure can. Great. So we're talking about the impact on finances, and Barry has described for us the position the city is in to take on new borrowing. Is there anything you could add to shed light on the ability of the city to borrow or what the impact on finances would be? You know, I think that's really Barry's purview, and uh, he put together a very nice spreadsheet here. I think he described it very well, and um, I really don't have anything to add to that. I think he really hit the nail on the head. In terms of mechanisms and timing, um, can you describe for the group, you know, what, you know, what is typically done, you know, what, what the process is? Uh, Obviously, the hearing tonight is a prerequisite to any borrowing. Sure. So um, what we have to do uh, for the city of Ansonia to authorize debt is to hold this public hearing, then to have the Board of Aldermen approve uh, the bond resolutions or not as they see fit, and the same with the vote. Uh, uh, and, and the Board of Aldermen would also schedule a uh, referendum for a vote to be held and to give the voters the chance to uh, weigh in on whether the projects are uh, something that they support or not. And this is, of course, the same process that we utilized in the prior bond issuance. Yes. 
Anything else you'd like to add for information tonight on the proposal? No, I, uh, I, I think that's about it, really. You, you know, you have the process laid out, and uh, if you decide to move forward with it, um, we have uh, a, a schedule uh, that we can follow, including a referendum resolution to um, state the questions and to put them on the ballot. And uh, the referendum would be June uh, 2nd. There's some flexibility in the referendum resolution that gives uh, the mayor, if it's in the best interest of the city, to move the date to another time if that's deemed to be the best thing to do, time or, or day. Um, and I think that's about the process. The, the city has been through this uh, in the past. Excellent. Thank you, Attorney Fozzi. You're welcome. So we're at the end of our main presentation. Um, and I will say this, the process began prior to the June presidential primary being moved. And it was um, essentially being explored that if um, the soonest date possible may have been in June, if the referendum were held simultaneous with the presidential primary. Of course, given the health concerns of the COVID situation, and of course the state agreeing with that as well, you saw that they moved the date of the primary into August. Um, I, I, in consulting with staff, there is no intention to go forward with a June referendum date. It doesn't seem that the health situation would, would make that advisable in the least bit. At the same time, once we realized that the situation was uh, going to progress well past June and the, ref and the primary was moved, we didn't want to con cause confusion or delay by stopping this hearing process. We figured that it would be in everyone's interest to have the conversation sooner than later, even if it meant that the referendum was not going to happen in June. So for anyone concerned about the possibility of jumping quickly to a referendum, that is not something the city, the mayor, um, or our team here would recommend. Um, it, to repeat, you know, we do not want a June primary, a referendum, rather. Um, in terms of how to do this safely, of course, there are avenues that would open up in the future for voting. Uh, there's been a number of executive orders from the governor that may pave the way to alternate ways to do this. But again, we figured it was the, the best step forward to have the discussion, to put these proposals in front of the voters, in front of the officials, and to kick off the first official part of the process so we wouldn't lose any time um, given everything that's going on around us. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to um, move on to our public hearing portion. And I have... Um, Dr. Schuer unmuted. Um, Josh, can you hear me? Yes. Thank you, John. Okay, so in terms of how we're going to coordinate the public hearing, it's a, normally you just get up and, and speak, but this is a little bit different for everybody. There is an option that you have if you're using your Zoom, um, the, the Zoom platform and your Zoom software to raise a digital hand, to raise your hand. And I'll be able to see that from the list. So that's one way you can indicate that you'd like to speak during the public hearing. Additionally, you could send a chat message, 
And I see the chat, uh, the chat forum has been a little active, but I need individuals to specifically state that they'd like to talk so I could figure out what number you're at, who you are, and allow you to address. Um, and of course, you could also send a text message, and this is in particular if you're listening on phone and you're not using the Zoom software. You won't be able to use the hand, you won't be able to use the chat room, but you could text this number, 203-751-2854. That's 203-751-2854. And I will do my best to, uh, to be able to respond to that chat, find your number, and allow you to speak. Now, we have the mayor, uh, the mayor on the line, Mayor Cassetti, and he would like to end the presentation by briefly addressing you. Let me just unmute him. Mayor? Yes, good, good evening, everyone. Thanks, thank you for participating in this uh, bond hearing. You know, this is very important that we move this um, police station forward and get it opened as soon as possible. So I'm hoping that the Board of Aldermen looks favorably on it. The, the bond money for the roads. I, when I took office in 2013, our roads were dilapidated. Since I took office, we've, I've paved over 70 roads. There's 220 roads in Ansonia, so that's over one third. I'm hoping in the next 10 years to pave the entire rest of the city's roads that, that need it. Also, on the west side of town, we have a lot of dilapidated sidewalks. That's a, that's a part of town that's been neglected for many decades. We have many drainage uh, uh, problems on the west side, Crooked S. Hill, uh, Grove Street, that need attention. So I'm asking you to please look favorably on, on that bond. So thank you all for participating. Okay, thank you very much, Mr. Mayor. Um, and now we're going to try to start the public hearing portion. Um, everything is being recorded for the record. Um, it will also be transcribed as normally a public hearing would. Just as in a physical public hearing, when you begin to speak, please state your name and your address for the record. And again, you could either raise your digital hand, you could send a chat message, and I'm going to be scanning that message board after I take the hands, and then I'm going to be going to the text messages for those by phone. Um, obviously, we, we ask that everyone give their, uh, their fellow residents uh, and taxpayers an opportunity to speak. Um, and I will start things off. I do see one hand raised, Alderman Gennetti. Hey, Joe. Alderman Gennetti. Hi, John. Good evening. Good evening, everyone. How are you? Uh, first of all, I, I, I don't want anyone to think I'm against this. This is a wonderful thing. I'm, I'm a little curious on a few matters. First of all, uh, primary is a democratic primary. It's not a two-party uh, thing. So how can you have a, um, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, and not date? Um, also, um, regionalizing uh, a gun uh, firing range and dispatch, are there any other cities that are going to uh, chip in any money for this if they're going to regionalize it? And also, I thought in the original plans, there were two elevators from the beginning and furniture. Um, I just want to know what, what, what's going on with all that, and maybe I misunderstood. Um, like I say, I don't know if you can have a referendum on a day where it's a one-party, uh, uh, what do you call it, um, uh, primary. So that's something we got to look into. 
Hey, Alderman Gennetti, we're going to um, save answering questions for the Board of Aldermen segment. And of course, you're going to be right there with us on the Board of Aldermen. Um, anything else for the record? Oh, no. Uh, we'll, we'll get these answers, though, to the public later on. Um, yeah, just like in a normal public hearing, okay. it won't be a question and answer, but definitely preserve for the record anything at all that you'd like to put out there. Uh, yeah, I guess that that that's about it. I just... Um... Like I say, the the two elevators, I thought that was in from the beginning. I believe we were talking about that when I was an alderman uh, in 16 when we were buying the building and everything. And um, also the furniture and the dispatching equipment. I I was understood that the stuff they have now was outdated and they were going to have to put new stuff in anyways. And then I heard, I thought we talked about using the old police station as a, a fire department training building. Um, that's another thing I was I was wondering about. And that's all I have. Thank you. Thank you, Alderman Gennetti. Okay, do I have any other uh, participants for the hearing? You can, I'm gonna go to digital hands first. So I'm just scanning to see um, in the participant list if you could raise your digital hand. Um, I think I see Joe again. And what you need to do is if you go, if you see the window of participants, I see someone. Okay, sir. State your name and address for the record. Justin Farmer, 231 Butler Street, Hampton, Connecticut. Thanks. Can't hear. Let me say it again. Can you hear me now? Yes. I guess my question, so this is the bond hearing for the station or for the roads? This is all four items. All four items. Great. I guess my question is, what are the other towns that are joining in these potential regional efforts? So we'll... We'll know any questions in the public hearing for the Board of Aldermen meeting and really any consideration going forward. Everything you say here is part of the transcript, but it's not, the public hearing isn't exactly designed to be a, a Q&A. Um, so I would say preserve for the record any concerns and any questions that you want answered. And all the city officials will have a record of your questions, concerns, comments, et cetera. Okay, thank you. Okay, any other questions, comments, concerns, anything at all, statements? Okay, Brian. Okay, Brian. Uh, Brian Sorek, 17 Elaine Drive, Sonia, Connecticut. I am wondering why the vote, the referendum cannot take place during the general election when you would have higher turnout instead you're choosing for the primary election, which the two parties have already chosen their candidates. Therefore, the turnout will be incredibly low. It makes no sense to me. Duly noted. Um, any other items for the record? Okay. Okay, I'm going to go to DB. State your name and uh, address for the record. Dana Breton, 25 Nolan Road, Ansonia, Connecticut. 
Um, I'm just wondering, because we're talking about, you know, the town spending money, what is the fund balance today? Is that something that we can discuss or get on record? Um, especially when we're talking about projects that might not have end caps on them. Um, you know, we're looking at, you know, the police station where they've projected a certain amount being spent, but they don't know what's going to totally be spent. And we're not even talking about all the floors. Um, could we get something on record? So we have, again, the aldermen meeting right after this, and we do have our financial advisors and also our um, Rich Bashara uh, and Kim DiStefano, uh, the city comptroller and assistant comptroller. So we can certainly look into that. And again, we do have your comments and questions for the record and duly noted that speaks to the financial part of this. It's very important. Anything else for the record? John? This is Josh. Yep. yep. Um, if if you don't see digital hands up, I would ask that um, as I, I mentioned that that uh, you know don't end the meeting uh, without opening it up to everybody in case there's people calling in, um, you know that don't that don't have the ability to uh, text or whatever. We're going to try at the very end to do yep. that. Um, yep. I, I do have some more digital hands here. I have uh, Lisa. I'm going to unmute. And name and address for the record. Lisa Glazer, 56 Hoenski Way. I, I just had a question about the study that we're doing for the recreation department. So what, what is their intent? Is it to find the fields that need to be fixed and fix them? I mean, is the study so that we can figure out what we should do as, as far as prioritizing? So uh, again, those questions will be preserved for the alderman to discuss. Um, okay. Well, I'm, I'm just asking because we're, we're taking, we're, you're asking for $100,000, but we're, we're gonna spend that money to study which fields, presumably, I'm gonna assume that. So we're gonna do that, but then when it comes to the roads, we're gonna, let the mayor at his discretion decide which which roads get done first I mean, why why don't we have a study of which roads i mean that to me makes a hell of a lot more sense it's just my opinion yep duly noted well that, that's it thank you okay and uh leslie leslie can you hear me yes can you guys hear me sure Name and address for the record. Yes, it's Leslie Navarrete, and I live on 98 Beaver Street. I want to, I'm here to express my serious concerns over the city trying to borrow more money while families and businesses in Ansonia are struggling to keep the lights on. I mean, recently the city just approved three tax deferments, including the WPCA payments in that, um, acknowledging that this is not a good time for taxpayers and businesses and that taxpayers are cash strapped right? And that the revenue is not coming in. So now we're hearing that the mayor is proposing to borrow a total of $5 million. That's, that's uh, from my basic math. And that's not including the debt that we're currently, that we currently have. And none of us really know what it is um, either. So that would be great to, to know that, to have that um, 
that information. But on top of that, the mayor still hasn't presented a budget. We still don't know what tax increases and cuts he's going to propose um, on residents. So we have no idea of the real financial impact that this um, borrowing will have on the city, on our bond rate, our wallets. While I understand that we did have a financial person and told us he gave us an, a general overview, but to have numbers, to really see it on paper, to have the ability to ask questions, that would really give us a better insight of how sound this um, it is to borrow. Um, there's so many questions about exact use, reason, and the need, especially the need for the projects being um, bonded and how the city plans to pay off this borrowed money on top of the current debt, which is unknown. It still wasn't really answered in, in the presentation. While it was a good presentation, thank you guys. Um, and questions on what we're going to have to give up and pay more of in order to not go broke and go red in long term. Like, what is the five-year plan on doing all the payments? Um, is, you know, it's something really important to do strategic uh, budgeting. We don't want to be the next Detroit in this small city. Um, so if I would like these questions to go, the following questions to, to go on record, knowing that you guys aren't answering them um, and possibly consider doing a Q&A for residents um, Again, for the same reason, a Q&A will help residents' um, questions to be answered and have that dialogue and really know what they're getting themselves into. Um, it's just prudence and, and just full transparency if we do it that way. Um, so the following questions I do have are, how did, they, how did we reach the borrowing amount for this study? Do we know who's going to do the study um, and how long the study is going to take? What does the money have to be, when does the money have to be paid back for all the projects and what's the anticipated interest rate? In the past five years, how were other reports and studies paid for? And what departments oversaw the execution of those reports and studies? And what was done with those studies? Why can't the Planning and Zoning Commission undertake the Park and Recreational Study as it, it's under its preview? There's a plan, I think it's like Plan of Conservation or so, so, some sort that does cover um, the planning, the park and recreation and open spaces. Why can't that, why can't they take that on? And they just recently did one in 2018 so they can, and it's, it's state mandated. Um, so another question is, under Connecticut General Statute Section 824, it requires municip any municipal improvement to, uh, to municipal-owned property, such as streets, bridges, bridges, parks, and buildings, be referred to the Zoning and Planning Commission for review and recommendations and approval. Why doesn't the resolution for road improvements align with the statute, but instead gives the mayor the full discretion? It's a little weird. It get, it's too much um, for the executive branch, in my, my opinion. Um, another one is, what is the current way that the city budgets for the road improvements? I'm hearing in the past, you guys used to do a five-year plan. Um, is that still happening? Or what, you know, um, it would be good to know what's the current um, way that you guys budget for the road improvements. And what are the 20 road improvements that, um, that uh, Ms. O'Malley was talking about? Um, have they been identified? Will they get, and will they all get funding? Or are there other projects in mind? It would be nice to have like an actual priority list for public, the public to see. So we could, again, make a conscious and good vote. 
what does the city need to bond um, road improvements like paving and curving? When we, when, like I said, in the past, we used to budget, uh, we budgeted for it. And I asked a couple towns, surrounding towns, Hamden, for example, Seymour, um, they budget for the, for those things. So what, what is, why can't we continue doing it the way that we're doing it? Um, how old are the firefighting and rescue vehicles? Why, um, what, when were they last replaced? What is their current um, conditions um, in their maintenance? When, when they were last maintenance? And how much do we owe from the last time we ever replaced them? And so those are some of the questions that I have. And finally, I just want to say, like, I understand, I think all of us understand the need, the, uh, the night, it would be nice to do this, right? Like, it would be nice to, 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 to bond all these items um, sooner than later, but I don't still see from the projects that you guys, the, the presentation, I don't see the justifiable reasons to add more debt on families of Ansonia and put further debt when we have a rainy fund that we need to rebuild, especially because of what's happening. Again, it was quoted that we are, you know, you guys did acknowledge we are in hard times. Revenue is not coming in, uh, is not going to come in as it was. And current bills need to be paid. So we have to prioritize really what is important and what's going to keep our, our city functioning and, and, and give the support that our taxpayers really need during this great um, financial uncertainty. So thank you for your time, guys. Thank you. And of course, all of those questions will be preserved for the record, both on video and in transcript. And that'll be available for the public and, of course, the city officials who may, of course, have questions of their own when we get into the Board of Aldermen meeting. Um, I'm going to go to Alderman Raslin. Alderman Raslin. Hi, thank you. Um, Tarek Raslin, 76 Garden Street, um, Ansonia. I, I just want to give every everybody from the public the opportunity to speak first, but um, would like to address the, in the public hearing before we close out. So if there's anybody else that would like to speak first, I want to give them priority. And I, there, there are no other hands up right now. I see Brian's hand is up. Um, he did speak previously. Okay, so I'll, okay. I'd like to thank, um, we, it looks like we've got about 91 participants um, on the call. And so I would like to thank all the members of the public for joining. Um, I'd like to state for the record that I do uh, would like to second the request that there is an opportunity for residents to, to um, participate in a question and answer session directly. It's nice for the Board of Aldermen to be able to have um, the courtesy of that. I think it should be extended to the residents as well, especially on an issue as important as this. We're talking about um, 5 million. In borrowing, that's nearly 15% of what we collect in tax revenue um, in a given year. Uh, so it's no small matter. Um, I would also like to point out, um, I'm disappointed just in general, and we'll get into it more in the Board of Aldermen meeting. Um, but the way this process has been carried out, um, I was hoping coming into this meeting that there was going to be information that was new um, and that would uh, give me some ease in terms of the request and the resolutions that are being proposed here. Um, unfortunately, I feel like I've ended this meeting um, very frustrated because I don't hear uh, any new information. 
and um, the 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 facts and figures that were being presented to, uh, to us today, specifically with regard to the police station uh, request, uh, when, you know, my understanding is that there should have been due diligence done in the beginning of the, when we moved to acquire this building, it was available to us. All of the conditions that were known in the building should have been available to us. Um, I was hoping to hear today that we had a $3 million change order um, because of some unforeseen circumstances, but we're being told that there's a $40,000 change order. So when did we, when, when did we find out that we were going to require the public to approve another $3 million? It sounds like we probably knew that quite a long time ago, and I'm looking forward to, to hearing that answer. Um, and the process, it's inconsiderate to residents, it's inconsiderate to the Board of Aldermen, um, that this, that the first that we hear of this uh, is through public notice through a newspaper and that we have not been consulted in advance of a public hearing um, to be able to discuss this as a board and to be able to go out to residents and to discuss it with residents in advance of a public hearing so they can have more informed questions for the board. Um, it's, it's very disappointing. And so I'm going to end it there and we'll, we'll continue in, in the Alderman meeting. Thank you, Alderman Raslin. Um, I do see two individuals who did speak previously. I just have um, several individuals who have not got an opportunity to speak. Um, this is unmute either Chris or Nina Phipps. Can you hear me? Thanks, John. Can you hear me? Yes. Hey, it's Nina Phipps, 60 Rockwood Avenue. Um, a couple comments. Um, first of all, kind of to tag on to what Tarek just said about the notice of the public hearing. Um, while it was in the paper appropriately, I think going forward, it should be a precedent to post it on the city website um, so that folks can see that and then um, put it out on social media so that folks know about it. Um, not everyone buys newspapers, not everyone is online, so you need a combination of both to get the notice out to everyone. Um, so I think that should be something that should, should be done going forward in order to make sure we reach as many people as possible. Um, comments, um, the police station, obviously we need it, we need it badly, and I guess I shouldn't say we, I should say the, the folks who work there. Um, but my question is, you've been working on this plan since 2016, 2017. You've known about this building since around that time. Um, why now is suddenly the 3 million needed? Why not a year ago or 18 months ago or even six months ago? Um, why suddenly now? Um, as far as the roads go, um, my question slash comment is how are we guaranteed that these, this money will go to the roads that the citizens use in town, um, specifically First Ward, North End, but um, how are we guaranteed that this over a million dollars will not be used for the Route 8 access road that seems to be um, a, a big thing that the mayor wants. And I'm not saying it's not a bad thing, but I just am hoping that 
this is not that this will actually go to the roads for the citizens and not to this Route 8 access road that has been discussed over recent months. Um, for the athletic facilities, and this is my last comment, um, within this study, will the citizens actually be surveyed and asked all these questions of what's needed, what they want, what's used, what's not, um, versus just going off of the uh, um, feedback that you've already received from some folks so far. Um, I think there's probably a lot more people out there that would reply to a survey um, versus the folks that have come to you directly. Thank you. We lose our host. I'm not sure. We probably lost the um, audio connection. John, have you, you not? Can you hear me? Yep. Now we can. Okay. Sorry. I was just saying uh, a thank you to uh, Nina Phipps. Of course, all the comments are being preserved for the record. Um, I was also saying that in the chat. If you've left a question or a comment in the chat, but you don't necessarily want to speak and address the hearing, we will be copying the chat so that any questions there will be preserved for the record and given to the alderman. Um, and they will have that as part of the public record as well from this hearing. So recorded, transcribed, and any questions in the chat. I see two individuals who have spoken before. I do want to give an opportunity to anybody who hasn't already spoken. And I'm checking my uh, the cell as well, and I don't see any request to speak. I'm going to go back to um, Brian, who has his hand up. Brian, could you hear me? Can you oh, hear yeah. me? Do I have to restate my name? I guess so, just for the sake of the record. All right, uh, Brian, Sorak, 17 Lane Drive, and Sonia. Um, I just wanted to ask... Um, with the police building commission are there where are the minutes and where can we access those i want to see the discussions that came that led to this uh request for a referendum um i notice on the minutes the board of minutes the board minutes and schedule site the police building commission is not an option there um i just want to see the uh, transparency in that and i just wanted to put that in the record noted Okay, thank you. Any other, anyone else have a question by show of hands? I'm also looking in the chat. I don't see any requests to speak. Hey, Josh, can you hear me? Yes. 
So have you gotten any requests, any additional requests directly to speak tonight? I have not. I've been looking too. But I, I can't see as much as you can. That's why you, I have you running this. <laughs> <laughs> so I cannot see any additional ones. We could put do the unmute at this point and ask if anyone, you know, the goal here is if you're on telephone and you haven't been able to text or send a chat message or raise your digital hand and you just want to be able to address, we don't want to leave you hanging there. We want you to be able to speak. Um, I can go forward and do a general unmute. And if you'd like to speak, please just speak out and um, state your name and address. And hopefully we could deal with this in a um, organized way. President Schuert, ready? Yes. Would you like to address the public hearing? Any specific individuals? One question. If you would, just please state your name and address. Mute everybody else. And I can't hear them. I attempted that, but it didn't seem to work. If we, if we can't identify a single person, it's it's extremely difficult to mute everybody else with 90 individuals on the line. Um, I'm just going to bring Alderman Short back. President Short, can you hear me? Yes. I see one other speaker who's raised their hand in the meantime. Hold on. Uh, Beverly? Hi, good evening. Just a quick question, uh, listening to all this, where do we go if this referendum is not passed? You know, what is our, what is our, our plan or do we have one if the referendum is not passed? So question, if we don't proceed with the initiative, what happens? Well, if you proceed with the initiative and if it's not, if it's not passed by the residents, uh, mm -hmm. where do we go? especially with the police station, where the police station's concerned. Noted. Oh, and also state um, your name and record just for the sake of the transcript. Okay, Beverly Tidmarsh, 77 Westfield Avenue. Thank you. Okay. All right, Dr. Short, any, any other? I'm not seeing anything. You want to okay. try it one more time? Just undo it and see if see if you get in, and then call it a. I don't see any anybody, but. So we're just going to give fair notice because of the format here. This is your last chance to. Be ad address this particular hearing. Um, and again, I'm making sure that we make a copy of all of the uh, messages in the chat to preserve that as well. Um, things are still being recorded.
Okay, and I'll try one more time. And what I'll do is I'll unmute. And if you're really struggling, you really want to be heard, just really um, name and address for the record. That everyone else can hear me. Name and address. <laughs> one more time. Name and address. <laughs> Okay, so I think we are concluded with our public hearing for tonight. We are going to move into the Board of Aldermen meeting, which is, of course, a public meeting. So everyone could, of course, stay on the line, stay on Zoom. I'm going to move to transfer the meeting over to President Schur. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to transfer the host chip over to you. Let the adventure begin. If I could. Okay. We're all set. All set. Okay. So welcome everyone to the uh, board of aldermen special meeting and um, like to start with the uh, roll call. Trish, are you, is she unmuted? She's not. So we're going to have to go through an unmute. is just like being in person, right? And Josh, you should be able to unmute each of the aldermen. Okay, so I just, uh, let's see. Okay, Trish is unmuted when I go through the alderman here. I'm unmuted, see? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if it's muted, they'll have that on there, see it? If you're an alderman and you still have the little red thing by you, let me know. That means you're not. Oh, got it. Whoever's doing that, stop. 
there any other? How about the town clerk? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Ready? Looks like Tarek's still muted. Oh, sorry. Yes, he is. There we go. Mr. Farmer still on? No. I don't see all the aldermen. My screen, he's on, he's on. Now, if any of the aldermen called in, I won't know because the number's not identified. <coughs> Are you ready for a roll call? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, roll call. All right, Alderman King. Alderman Stowe. Here. Alderman Phipps. Here. Alderman Raslin. Here. Alderman Cassetti. Here. Alderman Janetti. Here. Alderman Spigarola. Alderman Alderwoman Stroman. Here. Alderman Yellman. Here. Alderman Rivers. Here. Alderman Mamone. Here. Alderman Stewart. Here. Alderman Blackwell. Alderman DeLibro. You've got 10 present and four apps. Okay, I declare, declare a quorum. Uh, I'd like to start with a pledge. We'll see how this goes. Stand up. <laughs> and for the pledge. Oh, good. I pledge allegiance to the flag not the best pledge I've ever seen, but <laughs> all right. Um, okay. so, the, so the purpose of this meeting is uh, is to consider the four uh, items that we just discussed. Um, and uh, if, actually, I just lost my paper here. But briefly, um, we had the the police issue fire roads and rec to simplify um, with the four items uh, we we can act on those um, although i've stated to the alderman my preference is um, to not do anything as far as voting tonight uh, as this is fresh this is the first step um, i'll take any blame that you know as far as the rollout goes um, you know you have to start somewhere you have to, you have to get the information out there and once it, now that it's out there, these are drafts, and you know we can go from there. So um, there's a lot of material to digest. There was a lot more questions than I than I, mean, I expected. A lot of questions, but there were even more than than I expected. Um, and so we can start uh, with uh, open with anyone that wants to uh, comment on any of them. Hey, Josh, it's it's Tony. If you will. What's that? Can you hear me? Yes. So I think in light of the information that we received tonight from the presentation, there were an assortment of questions, I think, that were asked. There were a lot of open items that I think we need some, some additional information on. So we're not having a vote tonight. And I think it best serves, I think, all of us, the public, everybody's interests to 
track down some of the some of the answers, I guess, that the, the residents as well as the aldermen are looking for, and, and potentially to put this on the May Board of Aldermen meeting as an agenda item to review the 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 questions and the open items that folks have. There, there was a, a lot of information shared tonight. There were I'm, I'm watching the chat, and there was an assortment of good questions. I think you know some of the which I, I had myself. I think it needs some more discussion, and, and I think in the absence of a vote tonight, I think I think it's in the best interest of all of us to move this to the May Board of Aldermen meeting, track down some of these answers in the meanwhile from you know the, the city officials, the project, the committee, all these folks that are in scope for this project, to get the residents and get the aldermen some answers we're looking for. So I'd like to make that motion to move this to the May agenda item with all of the, covering all of the questions that we've asked tonight. 